I've been an Episcopalian since I was an undergraduate in college. And one of the first insider jokes I ever heard in this church was, what are the seven last words for Episcopalians? And the answer is, we have always done it that way. There's a lot of truth behind that joke and also a lot of comfort. Most of us are drawn to the pattern and regular cycle of events that are presented by our liturgy and our holy calendar. We remember and look forward to the milestones and patterns of prayer, celebration, contemplation, and teaching. After all, humans and all living beings are creatures of repetition. Our brains may have been informed that the universe is expanding, but the stars and the planets that we perceive seem to go round and round. Our planet circles, the spinning sun, the earth turns each day to night, the recurring seasons mark our lives and their actions, crucial to our sense of belonging and to participating in the events of human and family history. So it's no wonder that I unconsciously smiled with approval here last Saturday when the members of the altar guild, only half in jest, remarked, we know how to dress the altar for Palm Sundry. We just look at the photograph from last year. (laughs) Or said one, perhaps it's from the year before. And they are right. We want it to look familiar. So we take some comfort in being here again on this day when we repeat our intentions to keep the commandments that Jesus gave on that night in Jerusalem, celebrating the Passover. Then he added several crucial new requirements for the observant Jews who were the first followers of Jesus, not even yet known as Christians. Not only shall you eat a holy meal together, he said, to show you are God's people, but I'm also giving you some new rules to follow. This day is called Maundy Thursday because it's the day when Jesus gave to his disciples and, by extension, to us, our marching orders. The word Maundy, as you may recall, is related to several other words in English, all derived from the Latin mandatum, We also have demand, reprimand, mandate. In today's readings, Jesus makes several demands of his followers, and they are all based on ways of following his examples and teachings. We are to care for the poor, not just by giving money, but by actually doing some personal hands-on care. Jesus exemplifies this by washing the feet of his disciples. When Peter objects, Jesus says that Peter must allow it, that we are to minister to everyone, and we are to accept help from others. And so by this action, Jesus teaches his followers that they are to care for others and that they are to care for each other. Jesus demonstrates that this is not the largesse of the rich giving alms to those with whom they would never associate, But this is the sharing of gifts. This is admitting one's frailties and uncleanness and also finding ways of administering to the needs of others, of actually participating physically in their care. 
In later times, of course, the act of kindness to the poor much more often took the form of almsgiving. In fact, it was once, and may still be, the practice in England for the monarch to give out gold sovereigns to the poor on Maundy Thursday, giving the number corresponding to his or her age. The older the monarch, the more sovereigns. So it may be that Elizabetha Regina handed out 86 sovereigns today. Jesus tells his little family of believers to remember him in a special way whenever they break bread together. It is Paul in today's epistle who outlines the details of this command to the Christians of Corinth. Here, within the setting of the most simple and elemental sharing that people do, eating together, Jesus is to be the focal emblem over and over every day. The simple elements of bread and wine, part of almost every meal during Jesus' time, are to be the reminders. He and his sacrifice are not to be exemplified by a great feast, the rare and special occasion, but by the basic and ordinary. Break bread, he says, and drink the wine, and remember that here is my body and blood. Do this intentionally to remember me and what I've taught you and what I've given for you. Jesus thus moves from the outer person, the washing of feet, to the most elementary of physical and internal need, eating a simple meal. And finally, to the emotional and psychological, love one another. He washes and says, do this. He breaks the bread and fills the cup and says, do this. I have loved you, and you must also do this. Take care of each other, feed each other, love each other. The outer, the inner, and the emotional are all addressed for us. Jesus demonstrates his love for us, and then, having modeled the way, he tells us to follow his example. In preparation for the demands of this day, we hear also of God's earlier commandments to his people as the Hebrews of Egypt are instructed in preparing for their own salvation, their escape from slavery. We hear, as we have on other Maundy Thursdays from the book of Exodus, the story of the sacrifice and significance of the Passover that Jesus is commemorating with his disciples. The lamb is to be killed and eaten so that God's holy people can be saved. And as Jesus enacts his own ceremony and saving demands, we realize that he is announcing these rules within the framework of that earlier institution. The parallels are almost too neat between these two episodes. But the New Testament writers go to careful length to ensure that we understand the connections The lamb is sacrificed and shared, and the people are saved. We even hear an echo of our remembrance in the psalm when the voice of ancient Israel cries out, What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation. O Lord, I am your servant. Jesus has given us the guidelines for what we may return to the Lord care for each other, love each other, 
Remember me and what I've taught you every time you share this basic human time together. I will lift up the cup of salvation should resonate with us today and at every Eucharist. Following a pattern of worship not only gives us the comfort of tradition, but also it gives us the feeling that we have a new opportunity to be better, to worship more intentionally, to follow the commandments of our servanthood with better discipline and sacrifice. The year circles and we have a new chance. It is time again to celebrate the Holy Eucharist together, to celebrate its beginning and also its continuing remembrance in our worship lives. Let us make this part of our recurring faithfulness and also part of our new intentions to be not just hearers, but doers of the word. Jesus has given us our orders. <laughs>